right. Hey so, guys, this is Greg. Welcome to the Wild Weird. I am here with UK artist Moonstack. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, yeah, Bon. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on and talking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you. Uh, so initially, when I came across you, one thing I really enjoy doing, and I really enjoy like discovering new music, kind of just going out there, kind of seeing, because you know, I'm I'm kind of an old guy now. I'm 32 years old. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, trying to kind of it's kind of like a research study, but like a very interesting period of my life where I, I like going searching for music, kind of seeing what's out there, seeing what people are experimenting with. Yeah. And right now I feel like we're in an interesting age where a lot of music kind of seems genreless. You know, it seems like yeah. everything is kind of blending together and people are kind of creating something new on like an individual level. It's very, it's very interesting. So like I came across you on um, Spotify and when I listened to one of your songs, I was like, Wow, that was like th th for what I thought you, you were pretty young. I was thinking college, and I was like, "How is he this good?" Like, I, for, okay, <laughs> so what they got astonished with is like it seems like uh, people are getting better and better at music at such a younger age. Yeah, and then when they're like nineteen, twenty years old, it seems like they're classically trained or able to compose like really intricate music and yeah. like incredible songwriting. And your stuff felt like a blast from the past. Like it felt very like kind of rooted in 70s, 60s rock, psychedelic, and but kind of modern with your own twist on it. And I was like, I have to talk to this guy. I really hope <laughs> he'll talk to me. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of get into your mind and kind of see like, where did this all start? Like, when did you pick up your first instrument and kind of start your musical journey. Well, first I want to say it's an honor to be here as well. And it's, it's crazy to have someone talk about my, to, to talk about me in that kind of way. It's very surreal. Um, yeah. I mean, I've started playing guitar about six years ago and I, I just picked another acoustic guitar and I, I didn't really have any sort of musical I identity, if you will. Mm -hmm. I just thought, Oh, guitar is pretty cool. Cause I saw like Ed Sheeran playing at Glastonbury on TV and I thought, ah, oh, I'd like to try and do that. Wow. Uh, so I just played a bit of guitar now and, then, now and again, and I got into rock music that way. And for, you know, that natural progression happened where you, you first, like, you, you listen to bands like ACDC, then you kind of graduate to Metallica. Within about, like, two years, I was, like, a full-on death metal fan. My favorite bands were, like, Meshuggah, Death, Cannibal Corpse, that kind of thing. Hell yeah. And then half, I remember just being really ill with COVID, like, about two years ago. Um mm. And I just stumbled across this, um, I was like listening to Daft Punk or something for the nostalgia. And just on my YouTube recommended was this album called Currents by Tame Impala. And I'd, I'd never heard of them before. And I, have, I listened to that album and I've just never been the same since. It's a great um, album. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, came honestly, I, yeah. I came across it from a recommendation from a friend. And yeah. I was like, Tame Impala, interesting name. They had no idea what it meant. I was like, let me look this dude up. And it seemed mm. like I like with well, his current album. I think it's was that his first album, Currents? Uh, no, his first. He had like an EP um, where it was like very classic sixties oh, psychedelic rock. It had like and, Elephant yeah. on it, and oh no, even even earlier. So oh. he first had an album called Inner Speaker, which I recommend, and then Lonerism, which had Elephant on it, then Currents. 
Oh, okay. I'll definitely check that out. I didn't know. Um, yeah. but yeah, I like the vibe. And then I really got into this uh um hip hop artist. I won't even consider I, I don't know if he's considered a hip hop artist. Have you heard of a uh Theophilus London? Uh no, no. I recommend you check him out. He was he, he had this weird uh kind of uprise in the mid 2000s i remember i was it was 2009 i was a senior in high school and he just kind of came out of nowhere i believe he's from brooklyn new york uh and then he collaborated on his most recent album with tame impala like tame impala like i think his name is kevin parker uh Mm -hmm. produced like most of his album and i was like this guy can do everything he's got his band and he's producing like semi-indie pop alternative hip-hop albums on top yeah. of it i was like this Mental. is amazing and then now this guy has like a, a, a like an exploding fan base worldwide yeah it's it's it's, an, it's insane uh yeah i'm a bit of a simp myself <laughs> i just listen <laughs> i listen to so much of it and a lot i take a lot of influence from him i have to force myself to listen to other bands so that i don't end up just sounding like him. <laughs> see that's got to be yeah. hard being an artist right because me i'm i'm lear- right i'm not a musician i recently i went through a period where i was kind of intimidated playing instruments mm. and you know i grew up in a family that didn't really encourage that kind of thing i was yeah. raised by an old school portuguese father who was all about like work 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 from a young age and yeah. every time music got brought up it was always like oh you don't need to do that you don't have the time we that's a waste of time so I really got into like, just, I was like, okay, well, they're not going to encourage me or let me play an instrument or buy me an instrument or encourage that. I'm just going to listen to it all the time. So I came yeah. really inward and became like, kind of like, uh, I started burning CDs back when burning CDs was the thing and yeah. started selling CDs. I was in high school. I was like a CDs like slinger. I was people awesome. like, people liked the music I listened to and they'd be like, Hey, can you burn me a CD that I'm like, sure. So I go on LimeWire you know, allegedly illegally download music and then <laughs> and then sell it to people. But doing that brought you like when you have like a list of songs pop up, all of a sudden there's just a random song just out of nowhere pops up. I was like, oh, well, let me check that out. That's how I discovered yeah. Empire of the Sun back in like 2008 because mm. like of it popping up on a LimeWire set like file. And and I was like, OK, so I started doing that, digging in, getting into like indie blog sites of people posting music yeah. and getting into that. So now I actually just bought a guitar and I'm teaching and watching mainly YouTube videos, teach myself how to play the guitar. And it's very oh, yeah. difficult. So, Oh I, yeah, definitely. When I see like musicians like you, like shredding it, doing all this experimentation with your music, like mad, mad respect, man, because like, it just, Thank you. it's so much technicality and hard work, but you make it look so easy. And I think that's why there's dummies like me that think like, Oh, maybe I might be able to do it. And not like I already know it's difficult. Like just learning the chords is a difficult process. Oh, yeah. To see somebody like you and other musicians just like kind of to be able to format this, you know, uh, kind of art and make it your own, personify it, make it personal, and then create something brand new out of it. Truly really inspiring, yeah. dude. And um, so like, uh, when you said you were into Tame and Paul, what kind of other music were you into at that time? Well, like I said, I was I was like a massive metal and death metal fan, which is like it, it was. I mean, it got my guitar skills really up quick because to be able to play your favorite songs in the metal world, you have to like you know shred really fast. Um, but yeah, then after that, I just got into just like psychedelic pop indie that kind of thing. I just and I've still been doing that. It's great because it's there's so much music to now discover now that I've opened my eyes back again. 
was I wasn't an elitist, so to speak, but I was one of those guys that was like, oh, where's the where's the screaming? Where's the where's the like heavy guitars and the like kind of drums, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so now I just I think I just like any music that's got a bit it's got a bit something weird to it, something a bit like spacey, a bit trippy, that kind of thing. It's got to like, entice I, I, yeah. you a little bit, get you like kind of like yeah. oh, kind of catch your interest. Yeah, basic, basically, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I mean I'm I'm self-taught myself as well, so I promise you it does. It's the best way to do it. YouTube YouTube is a good enough teacher because um, I just learned songs that were um, like. I, the the good trick is to learn songs that you like but are too hard for you because you're forced to like improve. Yeah. Um. To then get better at them. Basically. That constant challenge. That's just like it, it's difficult mm. now, but you have to go through that struggle to get good. It's like yes. It's like it's the only way you can get that amplified motivation. I feel. Yeah, and eventually, a few years down the line, you'll like play. It, you'll go and play a song again that you might have forgotten about, and you're like, oh, this is this is easy. <laughs> Never mind. You know, so because, like what, yeah. when you're think when you're working on a project or writing new music, like what inspires you or motivates you? Like now when you hear something like and what or like you're working on your next project, like what is like what gets you going? Like what gets those juices flowing to where you're like, oh, I'm ready to create something. Oh, that, it, it's quite weird. It, it'll, I might be listening to a favorite song or it, it might be a film. I like I love Wes Anderson films. Those really always get me in the mood. Is he the? Does he do the Knives Out movies? Uh, no, but he no. does. Um, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, yeah, one. like a lot of stuff Colin like Farrell's in a lot of his movies. I'm trying to think. The Grand Budapest Hotel. That's the one with Johnny Depp in it, right? I don't think. I don't think so. There's. I. There's, he's done a few, but yeah. I've I've hit, hit no targets on this one. I'm just trying. It's, to... it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wes okay. Anderson, you're a great director. Shout out, Wes. <laughs> um. But but yeah, I found though like I try not to wait for inspiration to strike just because it doesn't come much in rainy Britain. It's you know it's only kind of around the the months of like May and June and July that everything's actually all hunky dory and nice in terms yeah. of weather and scenery and everything going well. So I, I tend to just I know that I will never like it at first, so I just sit down and I just begin, uh, whether that be a drum beat that I've thought up in my head or or just a chord progression or even a lyric i have a i'm best mates with a guy who does a phd in poetry so he's always sending me his poems and i and i always like look at his rhymes for reference because they're always really inspiring wow as how, you know as you can imagine a guy with a phd in poetry that's awesome though i mean just to know yeah. somebody that does that that's great yeah is it it's the joy of being in a university city, um, like I am. There's there's lots of crazy wacky people that I'd never meet anywhere else. Oh no, dude! I you know I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and this is similar yeah. weather. You know, the cl the constant cloudiness and rain, mm. and then you get maybe a few months of sunshine. And the mm. hot, like you have like a two week period where it's like ninety to hundred degrees, but then it goes back down to the sixties like immediately. Yeah, like it just got done snowing here. We had like a freaking ice blizzard like less Damn. than like a week and a half ago and it's finally starting to melt but like you kind of have to when you're not you don't have like the outdoors to go out like i'm gonna go out in the sun and sit in the grass as like a mm -hmm. way to relax and motivate like you have to kind of like go into your shelter and kind of get to, get to work mm. yeah well with it being britain that's it's a very densely packed country so 
you just have like cities and fields, you know, forests are kind of like a, a, a luxury to have near where you live in. Um, luckily, my town, um, being Durham, is quite a picturesque city. It's got like a massive cathedral in the centre on a hill, then like a river going around it, and then more hill. It's it's really nice. So luckily, it's quite inspiring up here. But yeah, I guess I just try to... I know that if I sit down and I sit with a beat or I sit with something I like, eventually it will just become a song. Um, yeah. If I just keep... If you keep going, I guess that's that's the main takeaway that I... what I How I kind of do it. Or I might just play around with the synthesizer as well. Oh, yeah. So it's really just about getting to, like, getting to work. Like, just do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to artists and that have many different ways. Everybody seems to have, like, a different process of how they create, how they compose, um, how they begin, how they end. But the one general, like, consistent consistency is that it's really just do it. It's like you're never going to get mm. anything done if you're just waiting around for inspiration to hit, you know? I mean, yeah. that's always wonderful when it does happen, I'm sure. Like when so you yeah. just get hit with a great idea, you're watching a movie or listening to a song and you feel inspired by something. But that's going to happen a lot less frequent than you taking the time and making the decision to like, oh, well, I got two hours of nothing to do. I, I got to get some stuff done. Let me sit down and see what I can come up. And usually something spawns from it, whether it's a chord progression, a drum beat, um, lyrics, like something will come from it. And yeah. like there was a period of time when I started this podcast, I thought like, okay, what do I want to talk about? What are my interests? Because I don't want to bullshit anybody. I was like, you're not going to get anywhere bullshitting people. Like you have to like just try to be the most authentic version of yourself as you can. And that, after sitting on that thought, I was kind of like, well, what is that? I've never actually asked myself that question. This is like, yeah. this is like a year and a half, two years ago. And at this time, I'm living in a two-bedroom apartment with my five-year-old son and my wife and working okay. a full-time job, doing the dad thing, doing the husband thing. And that's enough. That'll preoccupy most of your time, you know? So I'm like, how? Yeah. I got to figure out how to find the time to do the show that I want to do not do it like in a low quality way. Cause I just don't want to do the work and then put out something that's not going to uh, yeah. get my message across or portray the art, like the like appeal of the show or idea that I'm trying to get across. And it took about six months of the podcast where I started realizing after a few weeks, I'm interviewing musicians. Right. Yeah. And at the time I was interviewing business owners. I was interviewing uh, comedians, uh, just local people that I thought were interesting in the community. And then I uh, met a guy, my friend Jonah. Uh, he's in yeah. this band called Palomino Joyride out of Portland. And I was looking for an idea for a date night. I go on, uh, we have in Port, like I live in Vancouver, Washington. It's about 10 minutes north of Portland, Oregon on the West yeah. Coast of the United States. And so I look up like lounges and different venues in Portland and uh, see what I can find. Maybe a the shows yeah. are relatively affordable here. You can go pay $10 and see four bands and have a good time. Hell yeah. And so I tell my wife, like, look up something. We look up something. I'm like, Hey, this guy's got a single out. This is a cool song. I listened to it. It was a cool song. I go to the show. I was he blew my socks off. Like amazing show. It, it was, he's kind of, he's kind of like uh, into like the shoe gaze realm of music, indie pop. Um, yeah. And I had to talk to him. So once the show was over, I was like, oh, I've never done this before. I've never just, as a guy is done, like packing his stuff up, getting ready to go. I'm going to go talk to him and ask him like, Hey dude, I loved your show. Um, 
really enjoyed what you did. I would, you know, I do a podcast. Um, I would really enjoy talking with you and kind of getting your mind about your music. Uh, he's like, for sure. He kind of seemed shocked, kind of like that somebody's <laughs> asking him to do this. And I was like, yeah. and I was terrified because I've never done this before. I was kind of introverted and very shy sometimes about talking yeah. with people because I'm always in my head about, am I, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to come across a certain way? Am I going to uh, offend anybody? Like, I just, yeah. I, I really, I, I'm overly critical and think about things way too much, overthink them too much. And so comes over, do the interview, talk. At the time, my wife took my kids to go, you know, uh, go to the park or something. I forgot what she should do. I think she went, took them to go get ice cream. And yeah. my wife took her car, took my car keys with her by accident. So I had to ask him to give me a ride to work. And I'm like, so me and him talked. He's showing me like bands, different things. Like he showed me this uh, hip hop kind of metal group called Horror. And yeah. and I was like, cool. So me and him started bonding over this and we became really good friends. And so talking to him, meeting him, hanging out with him more often, introducing me to his friends who were in other bands in the city, um, yeah. kind of brought this world together where I was like, well, I've already loved music and now I'm wrapped in it. And and I'm learning a lot. Yeah. And I immediately knew. I was like, I've never been so interested about something in my entire life than understanding artists. Like, I've always loved music. I've always had this passion for music. I love music that brings feelings out in me. Like, whether or not, like, I'm a song comes on when you're sad and it makes you kind of process those negative and sad emotions. Yeah. Or a song that, when you're sad, makes you feel joy and happiness and kind of bring you out of that gloom is like music has like the most amazing power of changing lives and affecting emotions. And it's been like kind of a, how do you say it? A revolutionary stage of my life where I've become happy, a happier person just by yeah. getting, learning about music. And I've never been so locked in about things. So like complete honor to be able to talk to you. Like, dude, like, and how old are yeah. you, by the way? Since you're in college, are you like 20 in your early 20s? Uh, 21, yeah. 21, fun age, man. Fun age. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good fun. <laughs> and, um, but so like being 21, going yeah. to university in uh, Durham, are you, and you said in Durham. Yes. Uh, how is that experience and how does that affected your music? Like, have you met other musicians that like you've met being there that kind of either play a different style of music that you're never heard of or like was intrigued by like how does the university setting affect your uh music styling oh yeah well it makes her a very interesting music scene here because we, we class as a city but we're not actually that big you could walk from one side of the city to the other in about a couple an hour maybe That's maybe cool. an hour or two yeah it's really tight knit um but luckily it's big enough that like it's there's still loads of people to meet and there's a there, there are plenty of bands here because we have um there's a lot of students here i think there's more students than there are actual normal residents that's awesome um yeah it's crazy um but yeah there's a lot of bands um my uni has its own um rock society so i'm obviously a part of that and we just go for bar crawls and just talk about rock music the whole time so i have a lot of friends from there and a lot of um there's a lot of bands i'm friends with in there and so it's kind of weird not to be in multiple bands over here, which I am. I'm I'm a part of multiple bands because you just you just meet so many cool people doing so many cool genres you want to do. I'll just say, yeah, I'll do that. That's one um, thing I know that's pretty awesome is like hmm. that there are even here people that are in so many different bands that yeah. 
that are do different styles of rock. And like, it seems like, does that help you kind of, do you feel like that helps your music evolve? Like each band kind of, it like improves another or gives you ideas for other projects you have going on? Uh, definitely, yeah. And it also just helps with connections because if what if a, if a gig with one band goes well, you can then use go with the other band and say, hey, I'm from that band that you liked. And and yeah, definitely. Um, it's also nice because if I get, if you get too much sick of one band, it's great to have another band to, that you can just enjoy and stuff. Sailor Moonstag is like a full-time job for me. I've got to, um, I've got to like record everything and promote and blah, 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 blah. But with the other bands, I mean, I just got to show up and play some, some fun, some fun covers, you know? Oh yeah, dude. You know, one thing that's been interesting, I, I, I you know, I've talked to many ages, ages of musicians yeah. and it seems like well, it makes sense, but like, when I talk to younger people who, you know, they grew up in the social media era, they grew yeah. up like, ha like not just writing, performing and making their music, but yeah. having to promote themselves on so social media as well. It's all a part of like trying yeah. to get yourself out there and talking to older musicians who are still playing music and still touring that are maybe in their early forties to mid forties. That's a struggle yeah. for them. I've noticed it's like, because they didn't have to do that. They had either, uh, a friend that did all the promotion for them or had a like a manager or tour manager or the yeah. label did all the promotion. Now it's like the, the like, especially where most, for me, I believe a lot of the most creative music is in the independent like genre and world. And yeah. maybe where you have the most freedom and less people telling you what to do as well. Like you don't need a major record label as much. You can do a majority of the yeah. work and build your fan base. Um, more independently, uh, either with like a group of people or yourself. Yeah. And that's interesting to like, uh, do you feel like social media is just part of the, like your band and music identity now, or do you feel like it kind of takes away or give like, or helps your creativity with your music? Uh, yeah, I would, it's, I don't think it helps the music directly, but it is fun to keep like to keep flexing the creative muscles, if you will. I, I have a lot of fun recording all the reels I do and stuff. And I always learn a bit, just a bit more about video editing every time mm -hmm. I do it. And so it's, it's always good fun to do it. And I guess it, it's nice to have like more creative control over a thing. Oh, um, definitely. But, but yeah, it's like, I, it is annoying at the same time. Cause I, I do like getting out and doing gigs more. But now, you know, you have to really have a strong social media presence or else you're not going to do it as well. I, I understand the truth of that. Um, but it, it, sh it would just be nice to go to a gig sometime and have everyone just watching yeah. um, and not recording. But I understand, it's, it, I guess it's how it is, you know. Yeah, because like, I mean, the benefit of the recording is they record it, they post it and share it on their Instagram and their social medias. Yeah. But it does like take away from that experience. Like, it's like... It's like if you're watching, let's say, like a historical moment happens in front of you and you're pulling out your phone. And I get it. Yeah. Like in your mind, you think that I'm going to document this moment and have it forever. But you're mm. not going to have the memory forever because you might mm. not even have that image or video your entire life. Where if you were locked in that moment, paying attention, feeling what's going on around you, it'll be yeah. more ingrained in your mind. Because that's how you make memories. Like memories need to be emotionally impactful to, like, to last a lifetime. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm very selfish like that. I try to, I'm very selfish about my memories. Like 
I'll, my, if you have, if you follow me on my regular Instagram, like I don't post that much. Like you'll see a few yeah. pictures of my kids and my wife, but I, like they're like weeks or months apart because like I'm tr living my life. I'm trying to be in the moment with my family, especially yes, especially a time in the world where people are so consumed with social media and so consumed by like stimulus outside of like your own self. Like I try really hard. It's like an active effort to try to be in the moment as much as possible. And even like this podcast has become very therapeutic to where like I have no choice but to be in the moment, paying attention and focused and kind of trying to be as free as possible. Try not to like, like balancing, like what questions I want to ask. Yeah. Getting to know, uh, getting to know my guest, but then also not trying to force anything or trying not to like, Oh, I wonder what I'm going to post about this tomorrow. Like I'll figure it out whenever that happens, whenever I do it, when I sit down and do it, but I, I try not to worry about the future or stress about the future as much. But, like, it is hard finding that balance. It's very good, like you said, uh, for flexing that creativity muscle. Like, it keeps you going, keeps you tight with those skills that are needed. But then there's always a part of me that just, like, do I have to do this right now? I really don't want to. I have to. I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to stay yeah. relevant. But then it's like you don't really want to do it. And, yeah. not, and I'm the type of person where I hate doing things that I don't want to do. I understand it's responsibilities. We're all adults. You have to do things that you don't want to do yeah. a lot. But I primarily like to do things that I want to do most of the time. So I try to put that in my life as much as possible. Like, oh, I got yeah. to do this. But I also want to enjoy doing it. And even if I don't necessarily think it's fun, let's try to make it fun. You know? Yeah. And that's the great thing about, I feel like, being an artist and being a musician for you guys is that you always have that tool. Like that tool is always there. Like the 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 odds of you forgetting how to play the guitar are very slim. So it's like, but yeah. then when like I like whenever you're feeling a certain way, you can just go on your guitar and play through it. It's a, it's like a rhythmic therapy to kind of cope with emotion and process things. And music is such a tangible tool when it comes to that, and so beneficial for the world. Like, and and I'm learning more and more about this as I'm talking to artists like yourself and yeah. like in hearing what effect it has on you. And so what, the guitar was the first instrument you played, correct? Yeah. Do you know, do you play any other instruments? Um, not as proficiently as guitar, but yeah, cause well with, with Moonstag, I record everything myself. So I, I have had to learn these stuff along the way, but I, I I'd say my second favorite instrument's got to be drums. I, I just can't get my hands off them. Sometimes it's, uh, much to the actual Moonstag drummer's <laughs> distaste. Uh, whenever he leaves the drum kit, as soon as he leaves the drum kit and he rehearsal or gig, I'm on it. Hey, shout out drummers. Yeah. I appreciate you, but you guys are really sticky <laughs> about your drums. You Like my brother's a drummer, like a yeah. good drummer, and he never wanted me to touch the drums. People people who play yeah. the guitar are a lot more freeing. Like, hey, you can play the guitar if you want. Yeah. Drummers, they, don't, they, get a little, they get a little touchy about their drums. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because they're the things that get the most violent treatment anyway. I, I find I think they can take really the hard to break a drum. Yeah, the drummer's going to beat it more than the the casual drum player. Yeah, I, thought, I, I don't know. It's like probably territorial instincts. Um, but yes, yeah, so, they're probably yeah. expensive too. There's a lot of space. Yeah. It's a lot of like two. Like the drums have multiple pieces. A lot of things can go wrong. I get that. Yeah, I guess if they want, they want really the only person to break them to be themselves, because then it's on them. Then they don't, you know. 
But um, but yeah, other than drums, I I do bass because it's just guitar with four strings, really. Yeah. Um, I do. I also play the synthesizer. I can't play keys very well, but I think when when you have a synthesizer, there's so many little controls and automatic things that you can do that you can cover up your lack of skill. Um, and there's also like a few miscellaneous instruments that I like to play. I've gotten into like miscellaneous instruments because they just like they just add little things. Like got like a, like a little egg shaker here that was that's on. Cool. That's been on both of the Moonstag singles so far. I've got a tambourine back there as well. And our oh, tambourine. The tambourine's the making a comeback, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I've been to a couple shows recently where the drummer has the tambourine and in between songs or during a song plays the tambourine, and I'm mm. like, this is. Dude, we're back in the day. This is this is like 60s, 70s stuff right now. Yeah. I was like, but it's modern. This is such a cool time. And I knew this would happen after COVID. I knew mm. post-COVID there was going to be this explosion of like creativity because people were stuck at home. You know, if you got laid off yeah. from your job and you had nothing to do, you had more time to play your music. And people were feeling things. They weren't they people weren't happy about situations they weren't happy about what's going on let's play some music and a lot of crazy yeah. creativity came out of it it's like it's awesome what happened music wise yeah yeah of course but yeah i mean so there, were you in university so what year are you in university if you don't mind me asking that's fine yeah i'm in my third year third year so you started like right when covid started oh yeah yeah we were um yeah, we were only just allowed to go, but there were so many like rules and restrictions that we basically stayed in our like dorms for most of the uh, most of the year. There was a whole there was a whole semester where we over winter where we couldn't we weren't even allowed at the uni, so I had to study from home. Oh, so yeah, like it went to online, or like on computer classes. Yeah. So did that give you like more opportunities to work on music and kind of get more? Like, did you do more music at all? Well, yeah, that was back then. At the same time, that's when I just discovered Tame Impala, and it's when I'd just gotten my my audio interface, and also like um like just uh, there's a free DAW I use called Reaper, but I, that's when I just started like making little bits of music because I thought, oh, I want to do that, you know, and yeah. that's how I I made the start. I mean, obviously, I didn't make anything for two years, but you know, it was just a lot of having fun, learning what works, just playing around, trying to make little tunes. That's awesome, dude. And so, like mm -hmm. right now, you just released your new single. Great song, by the way, dude. Like both Thank you. both songs are such like a pleasant, smooth, funky, soulful, psychedelic vibe. Like, thank you. And sometimes I get confused because I'm like, how does somebody so young know how to play such raw, like, like interesting, intricate music? Like, I don't like it's when I'm listening to this. I'm like, obviously they got to know something. They're influenced by classical music. This is the really interesting thing I enjoy about the younger generation is the appreciate. I felt like for a while, I don't know why. I felt like, mm. especially with the introduction of certain hip hop groups, you thought like, man, everybody's not even people. Like I, I had conversations with people. They didn't know who ACDC was. They never heard of yeah. All they recognized them from was the t-shirts that they saw these artists on at Target, you know? And, and now... Maybe I'm just hyper-focused on it, but it seems like people are highly respectful and knowledgeable of classic rock. Yeah. Like, and, but at the same time, are making something new with that knowledge. Like, seeing yeah. people do new things that you've never heard before gives you hope, you know, when you're like... Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. And seeing, like, on a worldwide scale, people doing it. And 
it's 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 so it's so wonderful dude and like it's made me so happy like i wish you met me like months ago <laughs> well when i started this journey because i was like yeah. i felt like this is becoming fuel this like music learning is just fuel for happiness and joy like dude ever since i started this podcast i have no more acne it's unbelievable. Oh, my skin, yeah. my skin is cleared up from talking to musicians. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so with your two new release singles, mm. are do you have an EP project in the works? Or are you working on like a bigger project? Like, what's the next step for you? And like after the releasing these songs, so as of now, I have, I have assignments to finish, and they're like due in two weeks. But after that, I have five weeks off for spring break. So and I, and I thought. EPs sound pretty cool, but there's a lot of bands in Durham, and I always I always pay attention to who's in my in my hometown at least is where who's playing mm. and what they're doing and making sure that I do something different to them. because um, I you know I want the band to stand out, I want to do as well as we possibly can. So I, I'm gonna skip the EP stage and I'm thinking of just going straight to an album. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, you do whatever you want. That's a, it doesn't matter. Like you ever um have you heard of a uh, musician named Soren Bryce? She's in a band called Tummy Ache. Uh, no, I don't think so. So she, she, <laughs> she's from Texas, but she lives mm. in uh in uh the UK right now. And mm. one interesting thing she brought up to me was that she really enjoys the UK because you can you got all these bands and all these venues within drivable distance. So like, yeah, you, you have this luxury to be able to like, if I want to go to the show, I can do multiple shows and it's not a super insanely long drive to be able to get to everything. Like, yeah. do you think that's an advantage in the UK? Like to have this conglomerate kind of conjunction of musicians and like venues that you're, you can perform at in an area that you don't have to like drive across like large distances to go to. Oh yeah. 100%. Because there's so many gigs happening at, all the time i feel like i don't think there'll be one night where there isn't some gig happening somewhere in in the in the towns and stuff and i'd say that the actual the infrastructure for travel is really good too so it's it's really easy to go and see any band um and it's also it's also great because you can do like a whole nationwide tour within probably a couple of weeks yeah like that's why yeah. that's what she was saying like the tour aspect of like you can get a lot mm. done really good like you can make a very efficient tour and she introduced a concept to me i didn't really understand where she was explaining to me shout out soren by the way like and (laughs) super awesome check her out if you have a chance tummy a great band um and she was telling me what i I had no idea of what like a cities or b cities meant in the united states so she's like when you're on tour in the united states you're an independent band Mm -hmm. you know you have a certain budget so you Part of that budget is like you tour the bigger cities with the bigger venues and the bigger crowds that can come to your shows. Yeah. Completely understand that. But then there's B cities, which you, if you have the budget, you're doing good on money, you might head there. Yeah. Right. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I had no idea Portland was a B city. Like, yeah, really? I was like, but I heard of that. I was like, I thought Portland was an A city, but does it have the I best? Like, I don't know if you know too that much about Portland, Oregon, but during COVID, it didn't get a lot of good public, pub, like publicity on the news. No. During protests and whatnot. So like uh, but growing up in Portland, I I I knew a different city, you know. I I understood all those issues, but I saw Portland for what it was, which what like what like this beautiful landscape with so much diversity, good music, different places where one day if you want Vietnamese food, you can go get Vietnamese food, Thai yeah. food, uh vegan food, 
Uh, you can go get Ethiopian Eritrean food if you wanted Hawaiian food. There's like an abundance of diversity in the city that yeah. I felt like wasn't promoted. And that's what, what really what encouraged me. It was like, I want to learn about the diversity and promote the diversity. But I was like, man, how do we get or how do we get Portland to be an A city? You know, I was yeah. like, if I could ever do that, if I could ever get somebody's opinion to change or for where I think it's happening right now because there's such an explosion of music in Portland. With mm. uh, we have a pretty big grunge like punk rock scene right now here. Oh, nice! With the younger generation, like, um, I just interviewed this band Ogre. That yeah. it's like I don't even know what to call them. I really don't. I went to my I went to the show called uh from the, this band called The Max. I have a couple friends in there. My friend Jonah yeah. introduced me to them a while back, and Ogre opened up for them. There are two guys, one on the drum, one playing the bass guitar and doing the vocals. So just a drum. Bass Hell guitar, yeah. and I believe, I I think, the other member was on a laptop at the time. So I don't know if like like she was doing there were sounds she was doing like keyboard sounds, digital sounds coming out of there, like kind of like a DJ set set would do. Oh yeah, and they were just like so performative. It was like watch. It was like if there was a metal version of Weird Al, but like yeah. with intense energy. And I was like, oh, this is what's happening. And then other bands kind of have a similar vibe. And I was like, oh, this is new. There's an explosion. This is happening in every city and every country that like that you're able to play music in. Like, yeah. and it's 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 amazing. And and even having the honor to talk to like UK musicians to kind of understand the UK scene. And you know, like it, where I'm from, the we don't get a lot of like uh indie indie UK music on the mainstream platform, like you know, yeah. here you hear like you see Damon Auburn and Gorillas on TV all the time. You see yeah. the 1975 Ed Sheeran, um, then you know the classics, the Beatles, and like the older British rock bands. And yeah. but getting to know the UK indie scene, it's more mm. vast than anything I can imagine. Like the variety of mm, genres of music that are going on in the UK and just in Europe in general. Um, leads me to my next question. Uh when was the what was the last show that you've seen that you last show that i've seen oh uh if we're thinking in terms of like genuine like touring bands the last one i went to see was actually um a gorgira gig if you've heard of gorgira i have i'm not too familiar with their music but i have friends that love their music oh yeah they're like a they're like a french death metal band i'd I'd bought the ticket way back in 2021 but it'd been delayed until a couple of weeks ago because of covid restrictions so it was quite weird because at the time i was like a diehard metalhead but then going just as as like a psycholic pop fan i was like woo! i'm still i'm still mosh paying i still have my battle jacket and everything um and it was just it was just a really good time yeah oh Um, yeah dude i love to hear when people like like that were so dedicated and hardcore about one genre of music, like metalheads, mm. like I'm a metalhead for life. And then you hear like, I'm going to do some indie pop music. I'm going to experiment with other genres because mm. people are more diverse than that. Like, like mm-hmm. even the people that claim to be metalheads at their core are more than being a metalhead. That's the, that's a yeah. huge, people love and ride and die for that stuff. I completely understand, you know, like I ride or die for like old school nineties and eighties hip hop and oh, yeah. old school R and B. I'm a I'm an odd individual. I grew up listening to like my grandmother was a huge Tina Turner fan. So like at a young age, it was just Tina Turner like blasted in my house. Um, yeah. Otis Redding, Marvin Gaye, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, all this stuff. And growing up with that music at a young age, 
like, I was always wanting to be around, this might sound funny, but I was always wanting to be around black people. Because I was like, all I knew from them was their music. I had no black friends. Yeah. I was like six, seven years old. And I was like, yeah. oh, I see, I see you guys out there all the time. I got to talk to you. And I actually became lifelong friends with my friend Jordan, who was my next door neighbor, yeah. uh, who's from Alabama. And me and him have been friends for 25 years. He's the best man at my wedding. And he introduced me to music. His dad introduced me to music. You know, old school blues, jazz, a lot of jazz. A lot of yeah. jazz. Uh, New Orleans, like Cajun uh, jazz music. Uh, even like classical orchestra and yeah. uh, classical, like, you know, um, just classical music all the way yeah. up to modern time. And like, so with that being your most recent show, do you have a favorite show? Like a favorite show you've been to that you just beyond anything else? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, having a good think about it. Like, probably if, oh, yeah. I think it was when I went to see, I went to see Metallica live in 2019, actually. And it was just amazing because me and my friend, like, I went with one of my friends and we just knew the song so well. You could play like the first five seconds of any song and we'd instantly know what song it was. Um, and we went to see them in 2019. It was in a, a massive stadium in a town in a city called Manchester near where I live. And it was just really cool because it was just pissing it down the entire gig. But the band were just playing in the rain. Like, and Lars Ulrich, the drummer, was like hitting the tons and just like water was just splashing off into his face and stuff. And it was great because that gig was so um, infamous because of the rain and everything. It got the whole thing got recorded on YouTube and put on like the official Metallica channel. So I can I can watch that gig back whenever I want in HD. That's it's awesome. Great. I'm gonna yeah, check yeah. that out then. Okay. Mm. So like, and you guys think that's probably not like the, the their first rainy gig, right? Because they probably be like, yeah. they probably played in thunderstorms, like mm. downpouring rain, wind. Nothing's gonna stop their rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the one thing I've been, like the more local shows I've been going to. One thing I learned recently, and I'm sure mm. like everybody has this experience, of course, but like is that going to like an arena act is like a different experience. It's very communal. Yeah, definitely. You, ha you have an arena full of people who are there for the same reason, the love for this band that's impacted their life so heavily, like like that they grew You have guys in their 40s and 50s taking their kids to the show. Their kids love the band, and they grew the, can imagine that feeling when you're like, you take your kid to a Metallica concert, and you're looking, <laughs> and they're enjoying it at the same age when you discovered Metallica. You know, yeah. and then like everybody knows the lyrics to like their songs. Everybody's like same energy. It's just it's such an amplified energy. And to see like them just continue to play in the rain through like they could have easily been like, hey, guys, we're going to go inside. We're going to wait till this yeah. comes down and we'll come back out. No, they don't disappoint the fans. They keep going because they know how much this means to these people. Right. And then you have the like the club theater experience where it's so much more intimate, like mm. Like I recently I went to uh, a show at a different this is the first time I've been to this venue. It's called Polaris Hall here in Portland. Mm. I took my cousin there. My cousin uh is from Tulare, California. Tulare, yeah. California is a small town next to Fresno, California. It's a dairy production town. A lot of a lot of Portuguese people, Mexicans, all where primarily most of the United States get this dairy production from. Yeah. And doesn't get to do much. All there to do there is really, you know, you drive couple hours south to go to LA if you wanted to like do something different or you went to the mall and a movie theater and the arcade. You don't get to see shows. 
only time you ever saw a show is maybe if Jason Aldean and Luke Combs, these country artists, come through like at their amphitheater, right? So he doesn't yeah. get a lot of exposure to live music. I was like, and I was like, I'm gonna take him to a show. So I took him to oh, the yeah. show. I took him to the show. He's never been. I was I'm surprised he's even up for it. Like honestly, <laughs> honestly, I was surprised he was even like, oh, I'm down to go. And I, so I was like, sweet. So we go. And Portland's got a diverse scene, right? Like, like if you go to a club, you're going to see everybody, every, every gender, every nationality, everybody yeah. in the same space for the same purpose to listen to these, like to these artists and their music. And yeah. his, his mind was blown. I got to witness somebody just look around who's only seen certain groups of people in certain settings. See like, yeah. oh my God, this exists. Like I've never, he's 30 years old. And he's never seen something like this because he's been in that town working, living his life. And uh, I asked him, I was like, hey, have you ever, like, you've never been to a show like this in a theater, but have you ever been to an actual concert at all? And he's like, no. I was like, so this is your first show? I brought you to your first concert? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, I, I felt so like honored and grateful that I was like, I, I get why he was slightly more excited than I thought he would be because this is like a brand new experience yeah. for him. But to just see that on somebody's face, to see like, like, and I'm sure being a, a musician, you're on stage and you're seeing all these people that are here for you, listening to your music, showing love for you, buying your tickets, buying your merchandise, coming here for you. It's got to be such an amazing feeling. And I like to remind the artists like, yo, look, you guys have an impact. I know like you, I'm sure you like, you're so focused on your music and like what's your next project and stuff and where things are going. And like, I, I try my best to remind people like, hey, man, like keep doing your thing. But people want it. They want that music. Like I want you to be as successful as you can be so you can come yeah. here or I can go there and see you more as, as much as I can. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like this podcast is a selfish reason for me to kind of help you guys in any mm -hmm. way I can uh, get your music out there so I can, it makes it easier for me to get more music out of you. Right. And I yeah. feel like that if I could do that for everybody, the world would be a better place. Or if anybody could do that for anybody, it'd be a better place. So like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want you. I don't want people think like, I don't want artists or musicians thinking like, oh, this is just something. It's not going to go anywhere because I you've probably met musicians that want to make music and there's some roadblock blocking them, whether or not it's their self-esteem, yeah. uh, mental block, physical. They don't feel they don't know where to go. The shy. They don't want to leave their house. They don't know what to do. And they just like, I want to do this but I'm scared to do it in some form or fashion. Yeah. And like, just to tell somebody like, Hey, you just going up there and getting on stage or even just posting your song to Instagram or Spotify is a hard thing to do. That's the most vulnerable thing. I feel mm -hmm. like anybody can do is just lay out your soul to the world to see and to criticize because you're, you're going to get positive reaction, but then some asshole is going to give you a negative reaction. Yeah. You no, know? and you have to take it. And and people love music so much that they even though somebody might be like, hey, I didn't really like your show, you're still gonna go back out there and do it and then go back and do it and take the criticism and do it. It's 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 such an amazing thing. It really is. And it's like like it's honor it's like I don't know. I, I, I think I'm saying honorable too much in this show. It's but fine. like but like it's very it's very hard. And I feel like we're in age where people are trying to make things less hard on themselves, try to be as comfortable and make everything as convenient as it can be. Yeah. And artists are like one of few people or groups that purposely make life difficult for themselves for the sake of good art. 
And I love it. Like I love challenge. I love people challenging themselves. And that brings me also to my next question. It's like, are there anything like, do you have any habits or practices that you put into your process of making music to kind of like bring something out? Like, do you feel like, do you actively challenge yourself on a daily basis to in your music? Um, I guess. Kind of, that's a very I'm vague question. Think, yeah. I didn't think about no, that, but that is a vague no, question. That's fair. It's, just, it's a good one to think about. Um, in terms of habits, I definitely just think that doing anything to contribute to the music every day is important because it won't, it won't always be um, sitting at your computer recording something or writing something. I, I, I can't remember if I heard it somewhere, if I just just heard it in a dream or some random ass shit like that. But I always feel like everyone does most of their writing when they're out and about living their lives. Um, oh, yeah. And it's only when you come back to the computer to have something to write about. I remember hearing that, you know, the artist George Ezra. Yes. He sings Budapest and yeah. a couple other songs. Like, like he got really big here at a certain point. Yeah. So the, the origin of Budapest was that his label was like, um, he was a really good singer, really good guitarist, but he just was a bit boring for lack of a better word. So they paid for him to go on a European tour, not playing, just going on holiday. So then wow. he had something interesting to write about. And that's where Budapest came from when he visited Budapest in Hungary. We need um, more of that in this world. Somebody pay for my vacation. Jesus. I know. Awesome. I, I, I wish that I wish yeah, I wish you could do that for me. Well, but I guess that should it, be yeah. like a normal practice with like record labels. Like they're like, hey. Yeah. You ever been to Thailand? I'll pay for it. Go to Thailand. <laughs> Get some yeah. life. But yeah, I feel like you can't. It's a lot easier to write songs when you have something interesting to write about. And so you, just you need something to relate to people with, right? It's like yeah, it's like comedians. All all most com comedy is observational. You just have to go out and live life and observe yeah. things, and then because life is funny, life is beautiful, life is interesting, life is sad. And everybody's yeah. experiencing it. And sometimes I feel like now people just write it on their computer and post it somewhere instead of let's have a conversation about life and what's happening yeah. in front of us. Can we like let's conversate about this with words, you yeah. know, and it's very crucial for art. Like you need that kind of go out and live your life. You're not going to have you need something to write about. You need Something and something random and interesting will always happen most of the time. Yeah, you know, and it's hard because people. It's easy to stay home. It's easy to stay stay home Definitely. and do nothing, and it's more convenient. But then you get a lot more satisfaction going out and doing something and challenging yourself, going on an adventure. You know, like yeah. the best stories that entertain people are, are always adventures. There's like reason why Star Wars was popular. It's the reason why Indiana Jones and. Uh, Marvel stuff because we're intrigued by people doing things that we probably wouldn't do or even have the courage to do. Yeah. And musicians actively go like me thinking of my like traveling somewhere with not a lot of money is terrifying. Mm -hmm. I know artists yeah. that are like going on tour and don't have any money, that much money up front, but then are going to go to Mexico and survive. And they seem happy. You know what I mean? Like they're loving yeah. life and they don't have any money. It's like, you see it on TV when you go to a, you see like in a third world nation where most of the community is poor, but yeah. kids are laughing and running in the street because that's, they're with the people they love doing the thing they love and that's their life. 
You know, yeah. they weren't conditioned to complain about life. They're conditioned to like, oh, what I'm, I know what I'm doing today. There's, uh, there's not, I'm going to go get some water, get some food, hang out with my mom, hang out with my brothers and sisters. That's my day. Yeah. There's nothing else to really stress about. You have the core things you stress about, right? Yeah. And now we create things where like, you might not have a problem, but you can create one pretty easily. There's lots of things yeah. to complain about. There's lots of things to find to complain about and uh, oh, criticize, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and that's it. Everybody has that struggle. I have that struggle on a daily basis. I have, you know, mm. one thing and that has really crossed my mind lately is that I, once I had children, I stopped being nihilistic. Nihilistic yeah. does not serve a parent or serve a child because like, you know, mm. you hear people talk about, man, the world is ending. Things are going bad. They've always been bad. You know, people said the same thing during World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. Like, yeah. I'm sure, like, bad things happen all the time. As a father, I have this delusional mindset in the world where I have to create a positive mindset because I there always has to be hope for my children. I want yeah. there to be a world for my kids. I don't want, I don't want a virus to hit or us to go to like war with any countries because that affects yeah. them. And you don't really have that mindset when. Like when you don't have children and I'm not the type of guy who is like, man, children will change your life. You know, kids <laughs> change everything. It's not yeah. that. It's not that it's, just, you know, people can feel the same way about their pets. Another hu a friend, a uh, significant other. It's, it's just, once you love something, you want to protect that thing you love. Yeah. And the hard part about that is that you don't want to ruin the thing that you love. Like I, 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 I struggle with that on a daily basis to where I'm like, all I'm thinking about is don't ruin your kids. Try to be the best yeah. parent you can. But if you think about that all the time, it will happen because that's all you think about. Yeah. It's like, it's like your subconscious will manifest it in some way. And so you switch that around and be like, okay, instead of worrying about that, I'm going to listen to some mm. dope beats today. Listen yeah. to a musician, like express themselves, be vulnerable. And it's a constant reminder that, that there are more important things in the world to me. Instead of watching CNN, Fox, Fox News, MSNBC, mm. and watching all the bad shit happening in the world, which I can't control whatsoever. Yeah. Why don't I shift my mind this way? Find some good music that I play on my speakers in my house. And then I look over and I see my kids dancing. Dude, my kids love your song. I play that by two year olds <laughs> like going around my house. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure when you're making that song, you're not thinking that this guy in the Pacific Northwest in Washington state as kids are going to be dancing around their living room, listening to this song, but it happens. Yeah. Right. Whether you're thinking about it or not, this, your music is bringing joy to people. And I, 10 years down the road, he could have a memory of that song. And I have no idea. He can bring up, you remember that song you were playing that day? And I was like having such a good time dancing around the house and you were playing with <laughs> me. We're all smiling. You made, this after you made me some mac and cheese after you took me to the store, you took me to the park. Like, it's like, it has that effect. Yeah. And, and it's no pressure. Cause like, if you think about these things all the time, That's it can fine, create yeah. a lot of pressure on you, I guess. Right. Like, like so much, like, like weight on people put a lot of weight on their shoulders to create mm. good stuff all the time. Like, especially once you get deeper into the business, there's more uh, responsibility, but like, I feel like as long as you kind of focus on knowing that like you you're doing good with the music, whether yeah. like you, you playing your guitar 
while you're at school releasing your songs. What like and trying just to pursue this dream is making somebody else's reality so much better, you know? And like take that in and it just a it, like just know that your music is well appreciated. And I wish like more people are will tell you that. And I'm the, I'm gonna get pe- like trust me, I'm gonna have people sending you shit <laughs> just being like, thank you for this music because I've recommended your music to so many people who've told me nothing but good things, how much they enjoy it, and how much oh, your music cool. even inspired them to try something different. Thank you. That's that's honestly what I wanted as when I came into music. I think that was the main intention I had was that. If if my music can breed more musicians, that's all. I've, that's my job done. I just like yeah, like you said, all I want to do is make people happy or make people feel the way about my music that I felt about, say, when I found Tame Impala, things like that. Um, I understand that mu- music has a purpose in many different ways, but for me, as long as people are having a good time, I'm not bothered. My other friends, when we play live, they might ask, "Oh, I probably sounded shit" or that kind of thing, but I'll just ask the audience. What did you think? And if they say I had a good time, then I've done my job. I do not care what slip ups have been made. And exactly, yeah. exactly. Like but back to that ochre show. That's what they told me. Because like sometimes their music is so loud and the energy that like, the crowd is in their stuff. There's like so amped up that they they told me they're like, well, the great thing about our style of music is that when we mess up, nobody really mm-hmm. seems to care because they don't notice the energy in the environment is so amped up mm. and like. Like everybody's so thrilled, they don't even notice when they miss a note or like miss a chord. Like they're just like they're so involved. It becomes an experience. Like once you invest yeah. yourself in that experience, like you're you willfully accept all that comes with it, right? Yeah. Even if there's a slip up, somebody messes up on something, you don't care as much because you're already in it and you know that you're in it with them. That's what I love about the the like the live small venues. It's so much more intimate yeah. and you feel like you're sharing this experience with them. And thank God that's growing right now. Like the theater, small venue, lounge, bar atmosphere yeah. is like unbelievable. I would never if somebody told me, would you would you if you had to get rid of one, would you get rid of the the lounge theater act or the the arena act? And I'd say definitely the arena act. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I don't even think I'd argue that I like it and I enjoy it. It's a different experience, but I don't. I think it's it's not as personal as those other venues. Yeah, definitely. And sir, before we wrap this up, I always ask somebody one. I always ask somebody one question. This is very interesting because okay. you're from the UK, and we already talked about this a little bit earlier, if you remember. But I ask every guest I interview one question, or yeah. it's not really a question. But what's your opinion? And oh, yeah? here in the United States, people do not like to admit as much that they like the 1975. Okay, right? yeah. So in the United States, you hit a lot of dudes who are like, I, like they, they're diehard fans of the 1975, but they're afraid to tell their friends because they think that teenage girls only listen to them for some reason. Yeah. Right? And so I'll ask somebody, what is your opinion on the 1975? Well, personally, I think they're fine. I think they're a good band. Like at the end of the day, they're making bangers. What, what more can you want? So, so what? Who cares who they listen? Who listens to them? Exactly. Um, I would say I wouldn't. I don't like playing them live. I've had to play Chocolate Live before, and I could Ooh. fall asleep while playing that because it's like it's just like one little lick over, like do 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 do. Doesn't it seem like it'd be playing yeah. on a romantic comedy like montage scene? 
Yeah, it's kind of like the song that plays when the breakup's about to happen or something. I feel it's a bit, a bit, bit sadder, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but, but personally, I have nothing against them. I think they're really cool. Uh, you know, they've they're uh, they're bringing that more like ethereal vibe back to like indie music and stuff. And it's, I think it's really cool. It's very I think nostalgic if, yeah. sounding, right? Like it's like it sounds yeah. like like especially with the recent album I listened to. Like they have like happiness, and it's like. Oh well, it seems like it seems familiar. Like their sound sounds mm. familiar because it is. You've heard this kind of these melodies and this kind of sound before, but it's yeah. odd because it's really modern and their saxophone. I've developed a huge respect for the saxophone. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm a huge M83 fan, and I'm trying yeah. to get him to come on my show. I talked to him a couple times. He's releasing his album later this month, and he told me to uh, write him later on in the month, and we'll discuss it. So I'm like hoping that M83 will come on the yeah. show. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Anthony Gonzalez, such a cool guy. But like, listen to that. Like, growing up listening to '83, got saxophone and everything, right? Yeah. So I'm like, hearing that in a pop song, I was like, oh, the saxophone is back. They brought the saxophone back to mainstream music. Yeah. Like, teenage girls will know what the saxophone is or want to try to play it. Like, somebody's going to the yeah. 1975 concert and like, I'm gonna try to learn the saxophone now. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of um there's a lot of big bands in Durham as well that do like jazz and that kind of thing. So I'm very well versed. One of my housemates is, does bass, but he also does like all these other brass instruments. So <laughs> he'll sometimes be playing the flute or something, and I'll start playing the tambourine, and it'll sound like a like a tavern out of Skyrim or something. Hell yeah, seconds. dude! But, but yeah, you know, no, yeah. But that's got to be I, you know, and I'm not too familiar with the culture, but like I remember like watching documentaries, learning a history class of like. You know, mm. the introduction of yeah. like punk rock music starting in the UK was highly mm. influenced by classical jazz, uh, funk music. Like black culture was a huge influence in rock and roll, like to the Beatles, yeah. to like the Rolling Stones. And I'm like, that probably never went away. You know, like it's never going to go away. And I, I got I'll, I'll send you the link when I find it. But somebody just referred oh, yeah, to me to this, do, this documentary about how ni once 90s hip hop came along in the United States, like 80s, 90s hip hop, like the sampling era where like Public Enemy, A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, they started sampling certain classical like funk jazz musicians that changed <laughs> the trajectory of musical like music for the like throughout the world forever. And I started watching a little bit of it and I was like, and I had to stop because I think I think I was getting my kids to bed at the time. I started watching it towards the end of the night. And yeah. I was like, so I still got to finish it. But oh my God, dude, I, I'm going to send it to you and you got to watch it because this will well, blow dude. your mind on like how much I didn't realize 90s hip hop influenced music. Yeah, will do. I'll give it a listen. Because apparently nobody sampled. I didn't think about this. Like Nobody sampled that much. Like people took influences or guitar riffs yeah. and like beats but nobody just took or ripped a song. Well, it's like basically the introduction of the digital era. Like computers yeah. come around, certain technologies. You're capable of doing that now. So that makes sense. So yeah. maybe it was inevitable that it would happen. Mm. But great answer on the 1975 question, by the Thank way. You. That seems to be a general consensus. Nobody's ever said anything bad about the 1975 yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't expect yeah. it. But like, like people are just like, very, very, like, people are very honest about their opinion of music. Nobody's trying to be like, oh, the no, nobody's giving me the ego trip of it. Like, man, I'm too cool for the 1975. <laughs> it's always like, I respect it. It's not really my thing, you know.
like they're doing their thing. I respect it. I think as a musician, yeah. though, you know, you respect the success and like what they've accomplished. I think any musician would strive yeah. for something like that in their own way, of course. Yeah, they got their own unique sound. Like, what more? What more can you ask for from a? Um, when they're doing so well and they've not sold their souls to do it, like exactly. Think, like, that's the thing. It's interesting. Itself. It's like to become successful on a broad stream of like everybody. They're a worldwide known band, and yeah. to not change yourself. Like, to know who you are and to maintain that and just try to make hits because, you know, that's what you're doing. You're like, I'm on, I got to yeah. sell out a world tour, man. I got to write some songs. There's got to be some commercial, a song, one song that is, gets played on an AT&T commercial and a song that gets played in some movies or in a song that gets just, like, played on the radio nonstop. Like, yeah. And to not sell your soul for it and sound like Katy Perry or, like, another band or sound like Imagine Dragons or something, you know? Like no yeah. offense to Mac and Dragons, but I mean, like you know, they're matching dragons. They are what they are. Yeah, you know. But hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me. This Honestly, has been such a pleasure. I, yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I, 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 I love, I love doing this kind of thing. It's just, I don't know. It's just fun being an actual musician and doing musician things. Dude, it's I could see it on your face. The coursework. You have not not stopped smiling. This entire and like honestly, the best thing for me to interview people to interview is people that are smiling because it's <laughs> like it yeah. encourages me. Like, okay, they're not having a horrible time. Yeah, yeah, maybe they would prefer to be somewhere else. I'm sure, but like you know, like the fact that you're smiling and like you're, I can see the joy in you and see that you want to do this, that you love doing this, that like and that there is something like there's motivation. There's still like. There's like everybody likes to be validated. I I understand that, and to just be able to like for me to have a conversation with you, and to understand you and get to know what your interests are and what kind of music you like, what things you love, what like what are your plans for the future, is like it's like a mutual feed of energy. It's like yeah, you get something out of it, and I get something out of it, and at the end, hopefully, you can form some form of connection, friendship, or bond with it, or mutual mm. understanding. That's all it is. It's just. Two people having a conversation and not yelling at each other and having a good time. Yeah. Hey, man. Before we uh, before we close this out, is there anything hey. you'd like to promote? In the, like any songs, albums, anything you have going on in the future? Uh, just listen to Sunbeams. You know, it's only it's only a, it's not even two weeks old yet. Still a wee baby. So yeah, probably just Sunbeams and stay tuned for when I put more content out. Uh, oh, yeah. If I if I ever happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, I'll make sure to stop by. Hell yeah, dude! No, Let's me be, and my wife are yeah. actively planning a Europe trip because we've never traveled outside the United yeah. States. And our first two options is that she's like really into like anime and like like Asian culture, so like she wants to go to Tokyo. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like oh, I'd like to go to Tokyo, and or the UK because everybody who's gone to the UK loves it whether or not it's like London England anywhere in England mm. or Ireland Ireland is another place that gets like a, a good rep from travelers but yeah like that's so if I'm ever in the UK I would love to hit you up and like conversate with you and hit, like see how you're doing but yeah man but yeah and, let's me okay oh sorry I was gonna say just give everybody your Instagram your Instagram profile tag and Profile is at Moonstag official. That is moon is in the moon in the sky, stag is in the male deer, and official. All one word, no caps, no spaces. Awesome. And if before we wrap, I would like to ask you, how did you come up with that name? What 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 inspired that name? 
So my college from where in my university, so like universities separate into loads of different buildings of accommodation and they all have their, their own facilities and sports centres and cultures for each little building. Uh, mine's called Collingwood and our, um, log, our mascot is the Steg. And so I thought I wanted to combine my college's mascot with um, the psychedelic vibe. So I thought Moonsteg. Um, and also I, that way I kind of can sneak my way into any official college events because they think I'm an official college band because I have stag in the name. Um, so it's also worked for that. That's by, so you know, smart. You landed like <laughs> all the check marks. You like you created a cool name and it's attached to something and meaningful. Thank you. Thank you. That's a definite tattoo, by the way. You have to get if you if you ever I don't know how you are with tattoos, like I got a lot of tattoos, but like I like you have to do that. That's so this, this should, is yeah. Moonstag is you now. It's a part of you. It's it's a yeah, part of who you are. It is me. Yeah. It always will be. And mm -hmm. and like and you know, and it will be a part of more people. And your legend will spread. I will spread your legend and then help as much as <laughs> I possibly you. can. And but man, I th thank you so much for conversating with me. This has been such a pleasure and such thank you. like you're a lovely fellow and so pleasant. So to talk. you. <laughs> but like, yeah. thank you, man. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever like you're lovely. You know what? I actually heard. You know, obviously, you know who Ian McKellen is, right? The actor. Yes. I I saw a video where he was talking about like how he got into a cab and somebody said that called him love, right? Just called him love. Like, how you doing, love? And and he said his reaction was just like. Wow, if everybody just called everybody love, there would be the world would be a better place. And in that moment, I was like, that's true. Nobody would ever get offended by being called love. Like, mm. like my grandmother used to call me love every once in a while, and I used to love it. It's always it always attached to like women for some reason calling you that. Like, at least in the United mm. States, my grandma said, How you doing, mm. love? You know, but like, like that's such a and so I told myself. You're gonna start calling. You're gonna tell people that they're lovely. They're either gonna feel yeah. uncomfortable or they're gonna take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a common British thing. I'm from Northern Britain, so we're all we always say like, "I up love or I up duck." How's it going? That kind yeah. of thing. How's it going, my lovely? That kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> awesome. But dude, thank you so much. And like, thank you. This such this so this is so fun. It always makes my like day yeah. and the time of doing this so much better when I have people like you that are so conversational and so pleasant to talk to and fed me so much knowledge and kind of like, I, I learned something and I learned a lot about you and uh, I hope the fans as well learned a lot about you and we'll follow you on Instagram. Uh, we'll check out your music and um, anytime you need, like anytime you have something that you want promoted, anything that you like, anytime you like, you want to have another conversation, we don't do another podcast. Oh, Anytime, yeah. man. You're always welcome on the show. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love. Oh, I'd love to do this again. This is great. Hell so yeah, I'll, get, I'll make sure to be in touch. Freaking honor. Yeah, and if I'm ever around Portland, let's make it an air city. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're gonna make it. That I'm, I'm clipping this. I'm like, when you're in Portland, <laughs> we're gonna make it an A city. Yeah, <laughs> that's the mission now. But guys, oh, yeah. but guys, remember to follow the Wild Weird on, on all social medias, YouTube. Um, if you have any suggestions. Uh, feel free to send them to me at the wildweirdness at gmail.com. Um, you have, have any artist recommendations, uh, any questions, anything you'd like me to ask the artist or relate to the artist that you have um, questions about their music, 
uh, feel free to send them in to the wild weirdness at g- gmail.com. And we'd love to just, you know, we're trying to create a community of music lovers and people that just want to understand, know, or learn about the artists that we have on the show. And um, that's the goal here is to talk to individuals like yourself that are, you know, up and coming, doing their thing, being experimental, testing the limits, pushing the limits. And, um, you know, the fans definitely help that, you know, the, the, que- the, the questions that you guys have um, definitely go a long way, especially whether or not you think so with inspiring or just testing and encouraging the artists that you love. They want encouragement. All the artists want encouragement. They need motivation too, just like the rest of us and tell them how much you love them. Tell the artists that you appreciate them. Okay. Tell them like, just write them no negative comments. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs no negative, negative comments. Just remember that every uh, criticism, negative comment is just anger developing off unmet needs. You know, yes. You know, I get a little ph- philosophical sometimes. You know, I totally screwed that oh, one yeah. up. I didn't. <laughs> I think his name was Marshall Rosen Rosenberg that did, like uh, had that quote, but I totally ruined that. Right I, was, I was trying to be, I was trying to be smooth with that, and it was not smooth. But it was fine. Thank you. <laughs> like, as long as it's not horrible. I, I hope I didn't insult anybody when I said that. But guys, that's what we do here at the Wild Weird. We help artists. We learn from artists. We promote artists. We talk about the things that we love and. Just feel free to, you know, they have Instagrams too. You can hit him up on Instagram. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to anyone. You know, go on Spotify, listen to his songs, look him up. He's everywhere and have a good time, sir. Thank you so much for the conversation. I hope we definitely could talk again and I hope you have a wonderful day. 